Welcome to the Brisbane Broker Podcast, hosted by the Newstate Group. Each month, our brokers discuss the latest updates in the mortgage broking and finance industry to help our listeners better understand the scope of buying, investing, and refinancing property. A quick disclaimer, our podcast contains information that is general in nature, and we recommend seeking the guidance of a financial services professional to acquire financial advice. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome to this month's episode of the Brisbane Broker Podcast. We're here with Bobby and Cade, and we've got a special guest in today, Ben Brett. Hello, everyone. Hey. Welcome, Ben. Nice to have you here. It is exciting. Yeah. So where do you join us from, Ben? Tell so, us a bit about yourself. <laughs> I actually joined you from down the road, uh, but I'm a financial planner with Bounce Financial. Um, so yeah, we've, we've been having chats lately, I guess, about clients that we have mm-hmm. that are mutual clients and things like that. Yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, it's great to get in and be part yeah. of the podcast. Oh, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Yeah. It'll be really fun to uh, pick your brain about a few things financial planning world like, <laughs> yeah, in, that, sure. in that realm and vice versa. But um, yeah, good stuff. I, I feel like we're in similar worlds, but just not quite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very There's aligned. a lot of crossover and yeah. like buying your house or buying an investment property is such a big part of your finances that, yeah. you know, ignoring the, the loan side of it is to yeah. your own peril, I guess. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> Well, I suppose we don't want to disappoint our loyal listeners. We can't um, we can't skip the classics. We've got to get through our Borka talk. I've got to make it known that today is National Tapioca Pudding Day. Oh, so, <laughs> today the fifteenth of July, um, National Tapioca Pudding Day. So there you go. Yeah, you know I wish what I knew. I'm doing later. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's launch into a quick version of Borka talk. I feel this week. Uh, what yep. are we seeing rates-wise, valuations, products? Like, just saw rates rise again today. Yeah. Um, well, not not the RBA, of course, but mm. just rates um, for for one of the bigger digital lenders mm. went up. Um, effective as nineteenth of July. Yeah. Um, so basically across the board, still seeing those rate increases following through. Yep. I'm seeing the same. Fixed rates aren't. I feel like fixed rates aren't moving quite as much as mm. variable rates, but there's still a few lenders who are hiking them up, which is yeah. unfortunate, but sign of the times, I guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And valuations and things like that. Valuations good. Stacking up. Yeah. Yeah, valuations good. Really good. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. Me too. Funny fun. Um, service levels are going a bit longer. Uh, banks are taking a little bit longer to do stuff. Um, some of them. <laughs> For some, yeah. <laughs> uh, but also some of them are doing that 24-hour turnaround approvals, which is just... Real speed demons out there at the same time. They are yeah. out there, yeah. Cash do you think that's because everyone's refinancing at the moment? There's a lot of refinancing mm. going on, so it's slowing down the banks? Or I think the lenders that have been impacted by the government incentives are probably having that longer turnarounds. Like they, They've got these great offers, Invoid at LMI, um, all these cool buzzwords, and the government's supporting it, of course, and yes. um, those lenders are just getting caught in this loophole. Um, but we've also been advised that a few lenders' technology platforms are also a little bit mm. outdated at this point. And due to that, they, they are a little bit slower. But then you've got those bigger lenders right now that are really stepping up. Um, mm. Maybe not on rate as much, but on timeframes, they, they really are coming to the table. And with those refinances too, they're also incentivizing them a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. So they are going to start really blowing out their timeframes. And we've been through that before. Mm. And when banks are under the pump, they, they tend to prioritize purchase applications as well. Yeah. And so you'll see uh, the purchase... SLAs or service level agreements, you'll see them uh, try to stay as low as possible and the refinances. Yeah. yeah. Which makes uh, sense. Yeah. It, it does. Yeah. yeah. It'll fall to the wayside and yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> get to it when they can. Yeah. They like yeah. to separate them into two different queues. 
Mm. One team doing refires, one team doing purchases. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're purchasing, it's very stressful. You're Absolutely. hoping the bank's going to yeah. come up on the day with the money. So. <laughs> Trying yeah. to meet finance timeframes and settlement yes. timeframes. Yeah. It's a pretty scary one. Yeah. Um, but besides that, uh, yeah, I guess um, service levels are still okay, uh, which, is, which is good, um, but just increasing a little bit. Uh, so we are noticing that, which is, which is all right. Yeah. Um, w- I think we were going to talk about the RBA increase as well, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. So that was implemented or... Um, Announced the first Tuesday of the month this 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 month another zero point five percent increase a lot a lot of banks are just increasing that uh, variable rate yeah. today as of the fifteenth yeah so um it, was, it will be interesting to see what happens next month any any bold predictions <laughs> <laughs> such a loaded question every time <laughs> <laughs> what are we thinking why will hit me. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all got an idea. <laughs> I think we've all got a pretty good idea. <laughs> um, I'm voting up again. Um, I won't say how much, but up. <laughs> I'm on the same page as well. Yeah. yeah. I think it's good to assume it's going to go up and yeah. plan accordingly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great response. <laughs> because if you're wrong, it doesn't matter. If you're... <laughs> yeah. um, on top of that, last last episode we spoke about a very exciting taco and beer night. Oh, Let's recap. Oh, we did. It happened. We did it. Bastille Day of all days. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great, great time. Uh, (laughs) We were out till about nine, I think, Mm. and Mm -hmm. had a few beers. Yeah, it was really fun. A few tacos. Lots of first home buyers came down, asked a lot of questions um, in a really, really casual environment. Yeah. (laughs) What were the main questions you were getting? What are some of the more interesting things going on with first home buyers? There were so many questions. Mm. Yeah. A lot of questions. Mm. Um, Mine were about genuine savings mostly. Yeah, I had a lot Um, about that as well, actually. Yeah. And any tips on how to accelerate your savings and spend less and (laughs) save more, pretty much, which... You probably know a lot about that, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still finding a lot of people are unaware of the first home buyers being able to have a 5% deposit. Yeah. So it's yeah. good to get that message out mm, there that yeah. there is an opportunity, particularly for single home buyers that mm. know, are trying to, to get in the market. Yeah. So, yeah, Absolutely. it's great. Yeah. It's, it's a really, really great initiative. Um, we also had a lot of questions uh, about the property market too, which is a really mm. tricky one to answer because mm. it, it is going through a change. Yeah, I had lots of those questions as well. Yeah. What's going to happen with the property market? Our prices Should going I buy? down. Our yeah. prices going up. Yeah. What's going to happen with rates? How high are they going to get? <laughs> yeah. Which are all valid questions. Great just questions. Really just hard to answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's one I get a lot lately: is how high are rates going to go, mm. and yeah. is the property market going to go down? Yep. Yeah. Too most common right now. I pretty much stand by the classic, and it's truly what I believe. If yeah. you're a first home buyer, you buy when it suits you when you're ready. Like, yeah. I, I think that's so important. Um, some people say, is now a good time to buy? Is now a bad time to buy? Mm-hmm. I, I tend to say if you're a seasoned investor, yeah, you can time the market a bit more. You can hold your cards to your chest and say, oh, maybe now's not the time or mm-hmm. um, whatever it might be. But if your goal is to buy a place, yeah, just buy it when you're ready. Yeah. 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 I say to yeah. a lot of my first-time buyer clients, um, you're always going to be able to find a way to fold the market. Yeah. There's always going to be, whether it's the market or rates, or there's mm. always going to be something that's not perfect. Mm. You'll never find the that perfect yes. scenario, so it's about you. Mm. 
I was listing out all the um, all the reasons not to invest in yeah. a blog post yesterday. And <laughs> yeah. it was, there's just you know like like the Iraq War, nine yeah. eleven. Like there's just yeah. li- the dot com bus, yeah. the t- GFC. That yeah. like there's so many different things that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time you know this time it's different. It's, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hard questions to answer. It's very hard. And a lot of things uh, do resonate with people, especially when um, a first-home buyer might speak to their parents and their parents say, well, this is what happened when I was younger. Mm. And it can bring that fear and, and you've got all these different ideas in your mind. So It's kind of tricky to relate to that as well when there's such a big time gap between that, even though some yeah. of the same problems would have been happening then. Yeah. But speaking to someone like, like, like us, for example, at the event last night, we've all purchased a place, our mm. first places mm. in the last few years it's mm. a lot more relatable to yeah have that conversation with someone who's been through it yeah absolutely well, yeah. Different recently yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah for sure yeah. Mm. i find that a lot of people um come to me and say oh my parents told me i should just buy an investment property instead of buying an owner-occupied property yeah is that a good idea um and they're like oh they you know they've got lots of investment properties they said just buy an investment property it'll <laughs> be fine um so it's interesting to kind of hear those opinions yeah yeah I think the the issue with that is can be you're ignoring tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that can be a big issue. The yeah. the, the rent vesting yeah. concept it yes. can fall down sometimes if you're not yep. thinking about why you're doing it. And we we can't provide too much advice on no. that either, especially on tax implications. So we kind of just say speak to a financial planner yeah. or speak to an accountant yeah. or <laughs> get some further advice. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot behind that. It's a bit of a Pandora's box kind of approach when you're looking at that rent vesting because there's so many different variables. It's mm. such a big decision to buy your first house. And, yeah. you know, when I talk to people who are mm. facing that, it, yeah. it's challenging, right? There's yeah. no right answer. You, mm. we, we don't know what rates are going to be. We don't know yeah. if property is going to go up or down. You kind yeah. of just really do need to do what's right for you <laughs> yeah. and just try to keep saving money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you've got cash, you can weather a lot of things. <laughs> Completely agree. Yeah. Mm. Couldn't put it better. <laughs> we, we, we do usually uh, balk and talk about uh, applications that we're working on. Yeah. Uh, the industry evaluations rates, all that kind of stuff. We can go through it forever, but uh, we are joined by a special guest, Ben Brett. Once again, Hello. thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I guess what we'll start off today with is um, is going through financial planning, or just do a bit of a intro. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, a few few questions for you, but but um, tell us a little bit about why you became a planner. So, like I said, uh, I'm a financial planner with Bounce Financial. Um, it's a business owned by my wife and I, so we're a relatively small business. We've got a yeah. couple of staff as well. Yep. Yep. Um, I came to financial planning in a bit of a strange way, which I think a lot of financial planners do. <laughs> um, I was a financial services lawyer before that. Um, and so I did a lot of work yeah. with super, insurance, investments, and things like that. But it was yeah. really geared towards big companies. Yeah. Um, and my wife and I sort of saw an opportunity in the financial advice space. You know, we started over eight years ago now. Mm. Um, and at that time, a lot of financial advice was geared towards retirees. It was all about retirement, getting through retirement, preserving money in retirement. Um, And we saw this opportunity for people that were 30 plus or, you know, Mm. much younger sort of thing um, Mm. who are navigating all of those big transitions in life. Like they're buying houses, they're upgrading, they have questions about, should we buy this house? What happens when we send our kids to private school? Are we ever going to be able to retire? Like all these big transitions that Mm. we thought that we could kind of offer yeah. value in, right? Because we're, we're really, we're passionate about that stuff. So yeah, yeah that's kind of how I got into it. That's cool. Yeah. So f- 
financial services lawyer. Yes. That is such a cool yeah, background as really well cool. to come from. Yeah. I, yeah. I started um, I started doing litigation. That was sort of my background. Did a lot yeah. of insurance litigation. So, yeah. you know, if you fell over at work and you sued yeah. your employer, I would be there defending the employer sort of thing, yeah. which is probably not the right side you want to be on. No. But, <laughs> but it was a great job. Um, yeah. But then I sort of moved in-house at a lot of big financial services companies mm. and helped them, you know, superannuation companies and things like that to yeah. sort of manage all the rules because so many rules in mm. finance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you feel like some of that skill set around policy and, and, and jurisdiction, it just kind of the, the, the structure of things has kind of carried across to financial planning? So very much, very yeah. much. The um, A lot of financial planning is not about picking hot investments. It's about understanding rules. So it's about yeah. understanding how tax fits in, understanding yeah. how super fits into your greater plan. Yeah. So a lot of that was all sort of immediately translatable. There wasn't a, yeah. a ton to, you know, I did study and whatnot. But mm. um, where I think is really interesting in the financial advice side is the behavioral or the, the life planning, right? So yeah. there's no one right financial plan. Otherwise, yeah. I just set up a website and say, here's, <laughs> here's what you do and you're going to be really rich. Yeah. Um, really rich is different to many, many people, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So planning out a dream life and then mm. putting the finances in behind to suit that yeah. is where I think is the really exciting part of being a financial planner. Yeah. My goal for my clients is to spend all their money it's just the order we do it. <laughs> yeah. Do we put a sum aside for later and we invest it and we've got more mm. later or do we spend it now? That's mm. the exciting part. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's really, really yeah. cool background as well. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah. It, it must be so valuable to have that background to greater, uh, to understand the the full uh, landscape a lot better. I yes. Think. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and like mm. I said, a lot of it is tax, a lot of it is super rules. Mm. Like it's yeah. all pretty complex, but if you can navigate it, yeah. there's a lot of opportunities that you can use to, to get ahead. Yeah. Um, would, would you call your uh, level of advice or your style of advice a bit of an all-round kind of approach? Holistic is the word we use, yeah. yeah. So we want to look at everything yeah. in your life. We don't want yeah. to sort of pick off little bits and be like, oh, I'm just going to recommend yeah. an investment for you. Because, you <laughs> yeah. know, you can, you can go out and do a yeah. lot of that yourself, which is great. But yeah. understanding, should you be investing right now or should you be putting money on your home because, mm. you know, you're thinking of upgrading later or, yeah. you know, you're going to have maternity leave periods and so there's <laughs> going to be periods where you're going to need to dip, redraw on that loan. Yeah. Like, what yeah. are the... What's the plan yep. so we can we can get ahead in the best way for your life? And, and that's really interesting because in our, in broking, we kind of touch on that policy sometimes. We look at maternity leave, but we look at the short-term impact, not yep. always the long-term impact. We look at how you're going to be able to afford the home loan. Yes. Not not always. I mean, we, we obviously look at it from the, the moral compass way, but we also have to look at bank policy as well. Yeah. And the bank's specifically asking how you're going to afford it. What do you receive from the government while you're on this period of, of time off work and how are you going to return to work and what hours are you going to return to? Now, we mostly look at that from a bank standpoint, but you're looking at it from a more holistic standpoint towards yeah. an actual life and mm. the, the long-term effects of that. Particularly for first home buyers, right? Yeah. We leave home later. So yeah. we kind of turned 30 and we were like, oh, we're adults. That, that happened abruptly. And so <laughs> then we get married, we buy a house, and we have kids in three or four years. Like it's mm. a really close period together, and it's very yeah. hard to sort of piece them together. Um, so if I ever do see sort of younger clients that are yeah. getting close to sort of buying a house, we'll mm. map it out and we'll go, yeah. okay, well, what's going to happen when you have a year off for a child uh, yeah. and then you return three days and then you have daycare costs? Like we map it yeah. out to understand, look, what sort of value house? Yeah is appropriate because, you know, you, you need to afford it in your worst years, not just your best years, right? And yep. a lot of people just look backwards yeah. about what's what's been like in the past, but we need to look forward. So, yeah. And it's a bit hard to do without sort of software to do all that modeling. Yep, completely agree. Mm. Do, you, do you find, Ben, that people 
often don't have that clear vision of the next five, ten years, or do you help them find what those goals might be in that period? Or yeah, it it really varies. Um, some people are very clear on their goals, right? Some people mm. they've mapped out they're going to have three kids, and it's going to happen yeah. here. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and kids have this way of doing their own thing, so yeah. that's a little bit more challenging. But some people haven't. You know, I've had mm. conversations with couples and. Mm. They've said to me, like, this is the first time we've ever talked about yeah. these things. And I, wow. I, I guess I try to make it an open and safe environment yeah. that we can sort of just yeah. talk about loosely. What do we want to achieve with our lives? Yeah. Um, just because we've said it doesn't mean that we're now bound to it. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, <laughs> life should change. Yeah. Um, your priorities should change. But having a loose North Star helps mm. you sort of plan better. And then you can yeah. adjust as time goes on, right? Yeah, and I did watch a YouTube video as well, just about advice and, and providing that. I, I thought it was fantastic. Oh, was, excellent, thank you. I, I'm sure there's a lot more around that when you're in that actual conversation with the client, but the way that you presented it was very streamlined. It was yeah. nice to see it from start to finish. Yeah, so so Bounce Financial has a YouTube page mm. if, if anyone mm. wants to see that video. I think it was one where I I talked through a like a high-income professional family and, and yeah. sort of how we would go about advice. I wanted that video to be two minutes. It was 10. <laughs> <laughs> I am a little chatty, as you probably noticing so uh, I did the best I could but it's not too long 10 minutes yeah. oh, that was great we'll yeah. share a link to it in the show notes and yeah. Yeah. get it Thanks, out guys. there yeah fantastic yeah. Um, uh, really, yeah, I guess um, we kind of touched on Bounce Financial. Yourself and your wife originally started the business, um, have a few sports stuff. Um, how long ago did you start Bounce Financial, just out of curiosity? So over eight years ago now. Well, so, yeah. yeah, we've been around a, a while now. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, definitely seen changes in, yeah. the, you know, like I was thinking about it this morning. Um, you know, before COVID, a lot mm. of our conversations with people were, were explaining the value of investing, that you should be investing, you should be thinking about investing. Yeah. Um, Post-COVID, we're not having that. We're not having to convince <laughs> anyone anymore that yeah. investing should be a big part of your plan, right? It's yeah. uh, They're coming to us talking about mm. investing. So mm. it's really great. Yeah, uh, that is really good. And, and how, I guess that leads into the next question. What, what What's it like being a financial planner right now? Mm. I mean, in post-COVID times. Post-COVID yeah. times. Yeah, what, what's Great everyone asking? Times. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, like I said, there's always something going on, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's, like, I think that there's always a fallacy. It's like, oh, things yeah. were pretty smooth a couple of years ago. But if you, if you go through and think about it, they weren't. So there's always a lot up and down. Um Financial advice is such a great industry right now. It's yeah. really a great place to be. Yeah. Um, like I said, people are tuned into their finances. You know, everyone's mm. read The Barefoot Investor. Everyone's yeah. got their buckets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people are investing. You know, it's mm. they're thinking about their super. It's a really great time to be taking advantage of, of having a financial plan and, and building yeah. wealth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. That's that's really good because I, I guess for us as brokers, we, we're getting all these questions that we wouldn't normally get asked. We mm-hmm. feel like it is a bit of a different environment. And yep. I guess over the past few years, there have been so many changes, Royal Commission, and it's then we got COVID mm-hmm. and now property prices have kind of gone through the roof inflation. So I, it's definitely a bit more of a stranger time we're, we're finding. Mm-hmm. Yes. But still, as you're saying, there, there's always been something. It's <laughs> it feels. I think the noise is more amplified right yeah. now. Right, there's so yeah. much noise that's distracting you. Yeah. Um. And no, I like to say this: no action is an action. Yeah. Um. So you know, I've spoke to someone this week who's been mm. really holding off on buying a property for a couple of years, and yeah. she's watching the market just grow on her, and yeah. she's feeling like left yeah. out. You know, she's looking yeah. at the houses that she could afford a couple of years ago and going, "What am yeah. I meant to do?" Yeah. Um. And so part of this is blocking out that noise, bringing it back to what do mm. I want to achieve with my life? All right, let's just execute yeah. on that and know that I'm I'm running my race. Yeah. Um, that's where we want to be, right? Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more once again. I think we have an alignment of values, which is. I'm going to go out there and say this. I think now more than ever, being financially intelligent in your own uh, finances, it's the new cool. It's, it's, it's a new thing. <laughs> yeah, like, I completely agree. I really think a lot more people are talking about it without being invasive and oversharing, yeah. but. Yes. People have a similar shared goal. Like you said, mm-hmm. the Barefoot Investor and other books like that. Like yes. People are really in tune with uh, their finances. And I think it's really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. 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 I had someone at the First Home Buyers Night last night say to me, when we were chatting through questions and things like that, um, she said, I don't know why this stuff isn't more widely talked about and more widely yeah. um, educated on because financial literacy is just so important mm-hmm. um, and that it's just, there needs to be more of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess that the biggest issue is that it's so unique to the person and what they're trying to achieve. So people will give you really well-intentioned advice. Like your parents will say, buy an investment property. And yeah, that suited them when they're at that point in their life and they'd, you know, already had two kids and already had bought their primary home or, you know, like people give advice based on their own perspectives. And so Mm -hmm. for that person receiving the advice, they're like, how do I navigate this? I trust my parents. They've done well financially, but then they may go do something that just doesn't suit them. Yeah. Um, and that's the risk, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just so important to try and get professional advice. Yeah. Um, from people yeah. who know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's tailored so to you relevant. instead of general. <laughs> Sometimes I like to cook up some popcorn and jump on r slash Ozfinance on Reddit and just <laughs> to see all the differing, completely opposite <laughs> advice that people. Yep. Uh, yep. It's yes. crazy. <laughs> Yeah, the internet's a bit of a wild place oh, for yeah. uh, absolutely. Yeah. I enjoy all the like TikTok videos. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> uh, the, the bad investment advice. It's yep. uh, very interesting to see. And mm-hmm. Hopefully, it'll slow down a little now that things have calmed down a bit. Here's hoping. Yeah. I, um, somebody showed me the other day. They were showing me TikTok because I don't know TikTok very well. I'm actually okay. I don't know TikTok at all. <laughs> and they were showing me, and they're like, "Oh, this guy's really popular. You should do something like this on TikTok." And and she showed me this video, and it was about this guy talking about using credit cards and the best credit cards and always to use credit cards. And While that dancing. is dancing. Well, well, what's while it? dancing, while dancing, uh, <laughs> I think he was that actually could be, in some kind of movement <laughs> at the time. But it was, um, it was very engaging. But then the advice was very specific to a certain, a very specific demographic of of spender. Yeah. Um. So I was really concerned when I when I saw it, and then I, I looked into the person. They had no qualifications, no licensing, and and it was just a massive concern to see that out there. And the amount of views that were on this video. Um, now, I'm not targeting a specific video. There's actually quite a lot of them on there, but this one had a large amount of views and a lot of support. Yes. And it was specifically about high credit card, high limit credit cards. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's, so it's, scary. It, it is. Yeah, it is. So there's a lot of, um, just to reiterate, there's a lot of information out there. Get mm. some specific advice. Absolutely. Yeah. Feel any concern. If you're, if you're ever unsure, if you're dealing with a financial advisor, the government mm. has a financial advisor's register yep. and you can write in the person's name and they should appear there. Mm. It'll appear their, uh, their education credentials, how long they've been a financial advisor. Yep. Um, if you put in the name of someone you believe to be a financial advisor and they're not there, <laughs> yep. run. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and same for brokers. Um, look up credit representatives on the ASIC registry. I think we're on the same same one uh, or similar one. You just have to click a different drop down. Yep. box um but yeah same same deal <laughs> yeah uh yeah that that's a great really great advice we've never actually mentioned that um yeah yeah so that's check the licensing 
of the people you're dealing with. Yeah, yeah, and you can see a lot of history in there as well if they've changed between different organisations over and over again every couple of months or if there's any kind of disqualification <laughs> in there as well. Um, really, really interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. At least there's a le- level of protection in dealing with you guys in that mm. an unlicensed broker is probably not going to be able to engage with the bank That's in the true. same way. It probably becomes <laughs> somewhat obvious. <laughs> um, I guess for my profession, you know, you can you can really hold yourself out as a financial advisor and you can mm. do a lot of things and, and people have done it in the past and yeah, yeah there's been some some bad things that have occurred. So yeah. yeah, just be really cautious, everyone. It's great advice. Really, really, really great advice. This one could be a tricky one to answer, but I guess it's kind of similar to the when's the best time to buy kind of question in a way. But um, Ben, when, when would you say is the optimal time to reach out to a financial planner? I, I really like this question. This, okay. this is good. Yeah. Um, okay. So the optimal time would be you're 18 years old and you're already, you've got an entire life ahead of you sort of thing, <laughs> it's right? It's very optimal. Very, very <laughs> optimal. Um, uh, financial advice comes with cost. So yeah. that makes that pretty unreasonable, mm-hmm. right? You don't yeah. really have a lot of money to be seeing a financial advisor. <laughs> so I definitely appreciate that's the case. I find the the biggest threshold as a younger person is purchasing your house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you really just need to save and build up that deposit and get yourself in a position where you can buy a house. At that point, I think is kind of the first opportunity where speaking with a financial advisor might be helpful, um, largely due to what we talked about earlier, where you are making that big call that's going to last, you know, a 30-year loan you're taking out. It's like, we need to understand what that's going to mean for your your next steps after that sort of thing. So that's the earliest point. Um, After you've bought your house and you have you have a bit of a buffer of savings, you really should be looking at things like your superannuation, your investments, things like that, really trying to build a plan to get ahead. And I think that's Mm. really the the best time. Um, If you're, you know, getting older, approaching retirement, it's really important that you get advice because we're dealing with pretty big numbers now and small changes can make very, very big differences. Mm. Um, Young people have the advantage of time. So that's, that's the value there. But for people who are bit older in their life, they've got a lot more money. And so therefore, you know, if they tweak it 5%, yeah. that makes a yeah. difference, right? For sure. So does that answer your question? Yeah, I think That's so. That's great. Yeah. 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 So as soon as possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today. <laughs> I think um, the next question we've got for you is with rates going up yeah. um, across the board, how are you seeing that impact household spending? Yeah. So as, as part of our ongoing service for people, we um, have an app that we use that allows us to see their spending. And what we do is we go through a profile of their spending and provide them with quarterly reports of how wow. their spending that is tracking just, against... Sorry to cut you off, but this is so cool. Yeah. Like, when, when you told me this originally, I was so excited <laughs> by yeah. it. Okay. And this is part of, I guess, the excitement of being a financial advisor now is this technology exists to allow us to really drill in and, and mm. give better advice sort of thing. Mm. Um, so what we do is we track with their spending, we profile them and, you know, you you can usually do that through your bank account, but you mm. do have to go through and profile it. We'll do it and, and profile it. So um, and we'll provide these quarterly reports. And so we're yeah. very tuned in to what spending is happening. Yeah. You know, we, we see when things suddenly, when Afterpay existed, for example, we saw mm. just this Afterpay everywhere sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're really tuned into this. I haven't seen a huge change yet. Um, yeah. Spending has been dialing up over yeah. the last couple of years massively. Yeah. Um, just, I think, being at home, the pandemic, yeah. um, and now that spending re- has been retained, mm. but suddenly we're introducing holidays again. Yeah. We're introdu- like, it's it's dialing up quite a lot, and mm-hmm. I suspect maybe in the next six months or so we might start to see some yeah. some winding down. Maybe <laughs> the, that big European holiday is probably a little early yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I haven't noticed it yet. And do do you find that a lot of people um, get a lot of value from from that kind of app approach? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. a financial plan is only as good as its execution, right? Yeah. So I can come up with the best plan in the world and we can yeah. write it down on paper and everyone, you know, gives high fives. And <laughs> But if we're not executing on it, it mm. just doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, right? Yeah. So that, that quarterly sort of check in of, okay, how are we tracking? Are we spending yeah. more than expected? It allows us to have that conversation. Like yeah. I said, money's meant to be spent. It's okay if you're spending more, but just understanding, okay, well, this probably puts our renovations back two years. Yeah. Yeah. Not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that suits you. And we really did yeah. want to go on holidays after this last couple yeah. of years. Just understanding, are we, you know, what's our plan and are we sending money to the right places? Are we yeah. putting money in our loan? Are we putting money in our investment accounts so yeah. we you know making moves on our investment property like what are we yeah. doing to yeah. sort of get ahead yeah cool cool that's fantastic <laughs> and it's really interesting you say just that, that even that quarterly check-in and, and having an app and tra- tracking spending and setting up goals these are the kind of things that a lot of clients come to us and talk to us about and we, we can't do that we, we we can't facilitate for that so just the importance of of the financial services industry and a financial planner financial advisor is just so so strong right now. Uh, even being self-aware, not having that direction might be just the one step you need. So, yes, definitely, definitely look look that up further. Yeah. Um, really valuable. Yeah. Re- really, really valuable. Um, but what? Um, so, so seeing it has having it's having a little bit of an impact. But I guess you'll track that over the next few quarters. I suspect well. it's going to come up a bit more, but yeah. <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen it as much. I yeah. am having some conversations, I guess, around um, loan structures, mm. um, and that does come up with a financial advisor as well. And we do mm. think about, I guess, the long term effect mm. of your loan structure. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes um, we can get too caught up in this interest rate versus this interest rate. But you <laughs> yeah. guys know this. Yeah, there's more to yeah. a loan than the interest rate, right? Yeah. Um, how many people just go online and just look for the lowest interest rate and try to go? Like, that's not the way we want yeah. to go about these things. Yeah. Um, and I have noticed a bit of a trend I'd love to talk about if that's you good. Yeah, please, sort of yeah. kick off on it. Yeah, go for it. Um, okay, so I've noticed a lot of people are fixing their loans at the moment, which is great. You know, the opportunity to fix in a lower rate, perhaps if um, interest rates are going to go up. Um, where this is kind of letting people down, however, is a lot of fixed loans, as you guys know, um, you can't put additional on the loan. Maybe you yep. have a, a limit of ten thousand yeah, dollars yeah, you can yeah, put on, yeah. right? Um, you know, say you fix for two or four years, a lot of the time people are coming to me afterwards and going, "Well, we have all these savings now. Yeah. What are we going to do with them?" Um, and in the past, it would be, okay, let's put it on the loan or let's have an offset account and put it in there sort of thing. But it's just yeah. sitting in a bank account. Um, and, you know, I have a client, for example, um, who has a $200,000 mortgage left um, and she's fixed it in and, you know, she wanted to get the lower rate, but she's also got two hundred grand sitting in a bank account. Yeah. And we would be paying zero interest, like absolutely no interest <laughs> yeah. if it was in an offset account, right? We can <laughs> yeah. still leave the, the thing open, but because yeah. we fixed it, it's like, well, we're kind of stuck. There's a, there's break yeah. fees that don't make it's it worth it. It's almost worth breaking though in, the, in some yeah, of the Yeah, we're exploring those yeah. opportunities. Yeah. But it, I guess what I'm trying to get from this is um, understanding your loan structure and your immediate needs is makes sense. It's like, what is the lowest? We always want to, we always want low interest yeah. rates. Why yeah. not? Um, but what is, what's it going to look like over the next couple of years? And loans yeah. can be really good places to store money. Yeah. Um, offset accounts, for example, you can put money in there. You can be, yeah. you know, in, using that money where it's offsetting your interest. And then later on when the school fees come up, well, yeah. you can, you've still got access to that. You've still got yeah. access to that money. Yeah. It's such a great place to put money. And yeah. a lot of the time people are talking about, should I invest that money? Investment's a long-term thing. You know, we've seen investments this year have dropped 10, 15%. You don't want that for your school fees that you need next year sort of <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
it's it, it is really really hard to find that perfect product as well um, and a perfect fit. I think um, one of the things that's just happened really recently is that um, polar shift towards the fixed loans becoming actually even going up even just this week alone. Mm. Um, it, it's all kind of flipped around. What was originally these really low fixed rates that everyone was going for even up until the end of last week applying for are now starting to switch around this week. And it's becoming the fixed rates are actually now becoming more expensive and the variable loans are starting to kind of slowly catch up to that. Mm. And that offset account, that structure and that cash in bank is so important to a lot of people because there is a large amount of savings out there that's caused a lot of what's happening right now in today's spending and yeah. inflation and, and that large amount of just capital at bank. So offset accounts are becoming the biggest thing, or variable loans even are becoming. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like there's such a trade-off to it because income is quite high as well, and a lot of people are becoming more sensitive to their finances, putting aside more money wherever they can for that next COVID, yeah. <laughs> yeah. whatever happens yeah. next, yeah. and all that savings in their bank. Um, there, there's such a product difference there, and you're 100% right. There are people that are still going, I just want to fix everything in, keep all my money in a savings account, some savings accounts now up to potentially three percent or something like that for, yep. and as long as you keep on putting money in there, but realistically rates now are going higher than that. So mm. it's it's we can't give too much advice here. It's we're really stuck with this kind of stuff. But what we can do is we can structure it around that that cash at bank or that proposed cash at bank over the next two years or so. But we can't go much further beyond that. I always think about too that if say you have your money in a savings account and it makes three percent, and your home loan is three percent. Well, you're still better off having it on the home loan because if you earn three percent in a savings account, you got to pay tax on that, yeah, uh, which brings it right down, right? Yep. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. like having money against debt is such a powerful way of building mm. wealth, and it's sometimes ignored. And yeah. paying the loan down faster and just squashing it, zapping yeah. it faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the goal, right? Yeah, and, and some, <laughs> for some some people. Yeah, so some of the clients that I work with are fully offset right now at this point. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So for us as brokers, it's not very advantageous because <laughs> we actually don't make any any uh, remuneration off that. But at the same time, it's amazing to see that we have clients that are fully offset. Yeah. And it gives them that flexibility to use that money if perhaps mm. an investment opportunity arises. Maybe they see an investment yeah. property they'd like yeah. to buy. Or yeah. it, there's a lot of flexibility in having money in that offset account ready to go. Mm. So Some yeah, clients don't. as well, they, they earn a sizable annual uh, bonus. Yeah. Like that's part of their... That's part of their annual remuneration. Mm. And if you've got an offset account and you can just chuck that in there, like, <laughs> it's just so good. Such a good way to shape yeah. it if you can. I yeah. think or if you're a business the... owner and you have cash that's sort of yeah. coming out and then yeah. going back in the business, yeah. so there's a lot of opportunities there. Mm. Potential tax issues, so make sure you see <laughs> yeah. that. Um, but there's a lot of flexibility. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think one of the ways that we can help as brokers in that kind of um, scenario, especially with a larger loan, is splitting it up. Mm. So if we do have clients that are looking for that really low rate, but they've got the future planning where they want the the cash access, yeah. splitting your loan between fixed and variable. Yeah. With so you've got your offset account and you've got that security at the same time can be really really beneficial. Yeah, really great. And thinking ahead about how long you're fixed for. Mm. So you know I've seen examples where they do split, but they just sort of. They plan enough in their variable and their offset account that after a year they've they've exceeded their they've offset account and yeah. they've still got three more years left on a fixed yeah. loan. So, yeah. um, just thinking ahead about what's coming up in your life, and that's I guess what you think about. Do I have you know if you've got if you're going to be having kids and having time off work, you're probably not going to have a whole lot of excess, and that's yeah. okay. So we just work that out. The tricky time that happened for me recently was uh, I had a client and um, they they did go fully fixed, but they had a hundred thousand dollar variable uh, facility there. 
Uh, but at the time, they had 200,000 in shares. Now, this, this was a tricky thing. We, I, I asked him and we, we kind of went through a scenario and he might sell the shares, he might not sell the shares. It just mm-hmm. depends. So it was very hard to work that out. And then as soon as things started to change with the market, he sold the shares and immediately was tapped out on the variable component of the loan, which is such a hard thing to predict as well. So it, it becomes really tricky with those fixed and variable approaches sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it all it does tie into that overall financial plan as well because we, we go into the top of the iceberg, but we don't go... We get requirements and objectives and we go through what's happening in lifestyle, but that there's so much more that, yes. that's not part of our plan um, yeah. that I feel could be incorporated. Uh, I think that's why brokers and financial planners work really well together sometimes yeah. because we can take advice and instructions. Mm. Uh, yes. Same with accountants. Kind of yeah, together. very, very well. For all of our clients, we recommend brokers um, just because if they're going direct to a bank, we, we don't know what they're going to get. We don't know, you know yeah. what sort of... Well, we deal with rate on itself, but yeah. you know the structure of the loan, how yeah. we're going to be able to settle up. Being able to deal with a broker can really be advantageous. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, thanks. So, <laughs> same for us as well. Yes. If we've got a client who's working with a financial planner, and they come to us and say, "Right, this is my plan that I've worked out with my financial planner. This is where I want to be in ten years' time. How do I get there? Or um, how do I make my loan fit the plan that I've worked out with my yes. advisor?" That is we, we it's love amazing because mm, yeah. we just go, right, this is exactly what we need to yeah. do to make that work. Mm, and, yeah. and, and in the reverse as well, it's very helpful to have the broker going, well, actually, if we split it a little bit this way, maybe we'll get a bit, you know, like yeah. Yeah. you guys know the bank policies yeah. and, and this particular loan and um, yeah. you can really get a great outcome for people, which just yeah. sets them up for future yeah. success, right? Yeah. And with, with clients, sometimes this, this is a really small factor of it, but documentation administration for clients, like it, it can be heavy lifting sometimes. So sometimes when we advise clients that, that we can work with a financial planner and they go across and actually see the financial planner, uh, if the client's comfortable with us sending everything across to the financial planner and sign a uh, consent to do that, it can mean that all the documentation they've just provided becomes extremely relevant for the next part of the service mm. that that they wanted in the first place anyway. So sometimes better to do everything at once um, and do, do both processes at one time, um, just, just for less heavy lifting. The, the next question that we do have is, uh, I feel like it's a bit of a bit of a loaded one, <laughs> but um, yeah, in the sense of, uh, is it better to be paying off your home loan or, or should you look at uh, investing or putting money in super? And I know that's very circumstantial. But... Yes, yeah. That's a, that's a great question, right? Mm. Um, for a lot of people, you know, like I said, buying that first home is their big hurdle, right? And they, they purchase their home. Um, the next step I tend to suggest for people is building up that emergency buffer. It's like, how do we get sort of three to six months savings, depending on your specific circumstances? You know, if you've got kids, you want six months. If you're you know, a bit younger, maybe three months is fine. Um, you build that up. Now, at that point, I guess it's a good time to think about, okay, well, what is my long-term plan? What do I want to achieve? Um, Arguably, sometimes uh, over the long term, investing may deliver a better return. You know, we look at interest rates have been historically low. We don't know if they're going up, so we've got to we've got to weigh that. Um, but it's really good time to think about investing. Um, another thing that is often ignored is that you are investing, that your superannuation is an investment, and that mm. you could be putting mm. extra in, or you could be doing something yeah. with that. Um, so at that at that point where people have built up a buffer, we do yeah. start having that conversation of, okay, should we be assigning some of this extra to 
the uh, paying off the house or putting it in an offset account and, yeah. and just building up those savings? And yeah. should we perhaps be sending some to say superannuation or an investment portfolio or even looking yeah. at an investment property to sort of try and grow that wealth a bit quicker? Yeah. Um, mm. But it really comes down to what's coming up in your life. So if you're about to have three kids and pay for, a, you know, have a lot of time off work, okay, maybe it doesn't make sense to be putting money into investment because it's yep. long term. Yep. If, however, maybe you've already mm. had your children, you've, you're yeah. coming out of it, you're both high earners, you've got a lot of cash flow, it's time to start thinking about building wealth, yeah. um, which paying off your home is great, at some point, you're going to need to learn about investing, right? Mm. Even, even if you do pay off your house, what do you do next? Yeah. Um, and I see a lot of people who do pay off their houses and they're just yeah. kind of lost. And yeah. just kind of <laughs> save. They're good savers and they'll just save yep. a couple hundred thousand dollars. Mm. Yep. We need to. We need to. We always need to be mm. thinking about opportunity cost and that money. How are we applying it in a way that it's earning money itself? Yeah. Yep. You can have simultaneous goals as well. It's not just. Yep put 100% towards this goal or 100% towards <laughs> yeah. that goal, you can be doing a yeah. certain amount towards a few mm. different goals. Yeah. <laughs> Even the YouTube video, I think it was something similar. I think there were different goals that, that you're working towards doing this goal, this goal, this goal, this goal. Yeah. I, I found fantastic just splitting everything up rather than just one focus because a lot of clients ask us the same that like, should we just pay down a homeowner as fast as possible? And we, can't really give financial advice around it, but I'm mm. sure there's a lot of other things you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And your goals will change, right? Mm, yeah. Like you might decide you want to have three children and after you've had two, you go, look, that's probably right for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you adjust your plan. You keep adjusting your plan accordingly. But if you if you have a plan to begin with, you're going to be in a much better position than if you yeah. just went, oh, I don't, I don't really know what's going to happen, so <laughs> yeah. I don't really have a, yeah. a plan. We just we want to be maximizing out. You know, we, we spend 40 hours a week minimum at work every single week. Yeah. We want to be spending at least 10 minutes a week thinking about how we're applying that <laughs> <laughs> um, for the rest of our lives, right? <laughs> that, that's a great, great statement. <laughs> I don't know what that ratio is. <laughs> 10 minutes to 40 hours. And, you know, a great plan, you only need 10 minutes a week. Like, you don't, yep. once you've set it up, you don't really need to be tinkering with it all the time. You're running your own race. You don't need yep. to be, you know, thinking about inflation and, and yeah. trying to sell shares at the top yeah. of the market. Yep. Um, what you're trying yeah. to do is just run your own race. That's great. Not mm. worry about what anyone else is doing either. No. Yeah. No, do your own thing. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, regarding superannuation, are you able to give people advice on the way that they invest in their super? Yep. So whether it's ag aggressive or passive or neutral yeah. or... Yeah, so um, in addition to choosing your super fund... Um, you have to select the investment underneath it, right? And if you don't make an election, they'll put you into a default one. Um, now, I think a lot of people assume, well, and super funds are well-intentioned, right? They want you to try and do as well as possible, um, but they don't know your particular circumstances. So their defaults don't really suit anyone. They just loosely kind of fit across most of them. Um, and a great example is they have, uh, the, the current products are ones where what they do is they change your investments as you age, right? They start to sort of bring down that growth and they, they, they change them to sort of suit. Um, but it has no consideration of what's going on in the general market, if you're actually going to, like, they assume you, you may need your money at age 60. As soon as you're 60, you might need all your money. So it starts sort of de-risking you too yeah. early. And yeah. so you actually lose a lot of money or you could be doing it at really bad times. Like if you're selling all your shares right now, that's, you know, it's probably not the best of ideas. So making elections in your super is is a, is a good idea. And we, we recommend 
you know, what, what super funds you may need, yeah. um, what sort of investments we'd recommend a contribution strategy. Um, so how much we need to put in knowing that we're trapping that money away. So we don't want to put too much away. My biggest fear is one of my clients being poor at 59 and then really rich at 60 just because we put too much in super. <laughs> yeah. So we're trying to strike that balance, mm. but we want to use the tax advantages of super. Yeah. Sure. Um, That's really good to know. I think superannuation is a really confusing thing for a lot of people. It's just a background thing that happens yeah. on your pay slip, kind of. Yeah. And to get on top of that is such a big mm. thing to do. Yeah. Superannuation is how rich people don't pay tax. Yeah. And so if you oh, want to be a rich yeah. person, <laughs> you need to understand what they know about tax. And, and superannuation yeah. is, is a really great way. The government incentivizes you to save yeah. for your own retirement by reducing yeah. the tax. So it can be really, really, really valuable. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Mm. That's very yeah. cool. Interesting. Do you have any questions for us, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> Just what's going on in the broking world? What do, what do we need to know? We've sort of done a bit of Borka chat. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for using the term. Too. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything sort of major coming up that you think will be affecting people? Mm, I think rates is going to keep. Mm. And unfortunately, they, they are continuing to climb. Um, keep on getting announcements around that. Um, banks are potentially going a little bit slower. Um, Valuation is still going pretty well, which is good. Mm. Um, we're seeing some of the smaller niche lenders now coming forward with a bit of a stronger product. Uh, industry specialized, like health industry, um, essential services, those, yes. those kind of lenders, yeah. uh, which is fantastic. And first home buyers are being incentivized heavily right now, mm. very, very, very strongly from the government. Yeah. For sure. As they always have, but mm. just more so Even this financial year. Specific lenders that aren't part of those government schemes are still incentivizing first home buyers. Like there'll be specific products they market to first home buyers where they Mm. have say a slightly lower rate or a bit of a um, policy buffer, fee fee waivers. waivers, um, 95% plus so you can do a 5% deposit even if you're over the income cap for the first home buyers guarantee. Absolutely. So they are trying to kind of win some of that first home buyers business where say a client doesn't fit perfectly into that um, government mm. scenario. So yeah. I think that's a big one. Yeah. I think it's worthwhile highlighting as well that even while rates are rising at the moment, mm. it, it's no secret, they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, along with that, the assessment rates are also moving mm. uh, simultaneously. Yeah. So we're always assessing your ability to repay the loan 3% higher than the actual interest rate that you're looking to sign up for. If that changes during your pre-approval stage, for example, we'll, we'll, have, we'll, we'll have measures in place to, to know what, if it does keep rising, how much you may be able to borrow. So, yeah. yeah, which is really good. Yeah, it's there for a really good reason, to make and, sure you're not overstretching. And some lenders are a little bit lower than that 3%, uh, and some lenders are a lot higher than that mm, 3% yeah. buffer as well. Yeah. Uh, some of the big ones have actually been put up to being almost a 7% assessment rate. Mm. That doesn't mean the rates are going to go up to 7%, it just means the bank wants to make sure you can still afford the loan yeah. in this um, worst-case scenario structure. It's more important than ever right now, having those assessment rates in place, I think, Yeah. Um, just so that you... Uh, forewarned on mm. yes. P- peace what of it mind. could be. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's always been there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. of course, absolutely. Yeah. But it's like that. If we go up another three percent, I can still pay my loan, and I don't have to sacrifice my lifestyle. Yeah, and that is so important. It is. One thing I find very interesting about this is because the banks take such a um, such a way of thinking about whether you can afford this at this rate. It mm. it gives people a, a sense that they're going to be okay no matter what. Yeah. Um, you know, that the bank thought about this and they can borrow whatever the bank said. Yeah. Um, thoughts on thoughts on this? <laughs> um, 
yeah, it's it's a tricky one because when we were writing loans uh, below two percent, not that long ago, um, like fixed rate loans, uh, I think there was one at one point eight nine at one point that was really really strong. Yeah, and and some people are still on that rate, <laughs> <laughs> cutting off quite shortly. Uh, we were assessing loans then though um, at much higher than we we're assessing that on the variable reversion rate. So we were never actually assessing it that low. It was always a lot higher. So. Yeah, I think always take that with caution, of course, even yeah. if the bank says it. But at the same time, we also use other parameters like um, a buffer on other loans. So as an example, if you've got a personal loan, we put a buffer on that too. Um, also with uh, spending thresholds, uh, there's yeah. always that minimum spending threshold from the bank's household expenditure monthly or HEM uh, that, that's usually quite high or can be sometimes higher than what they're actually spending. But at the same time, always take precaution and, and do your own due diligence all yeah. of the time. We, we can give you comfort with what the bank mm. will will lend you but at the same time set up a budget speak yeah. to a financial planner speak yeah. to a financial advisor go, go through what what you're doing and set up those goals in that plan i would also add to that if you're thinking of having children <laughs> yeah. you are going to halve your income yeah so that is going to yes the bank has assessed you on two incomes yeah. but what does that mean when one of you are not working so huge huge um, difference let's just think about that ahead of time <laughs> huge difference you're right yeah. <laughs> definitely doesn't get factored into the assessment rates that's no, the, very... the banks don't take that into account they don't no. ask you if you're going to have a family so yeah yeah, yeah. And we, we do um, do the review every year to, to kind of look at those that, that structure of that potentially happening. Yep. But at the same time, you're 100% right. That, that That's such a big change that can happen quite quickly as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I find valuable is the conversation of this may be your starter house. Mm. So it's like, yeah, we want to get the house for the kids and that, but maybe the first couple of years where you're off work with maternity leave and, you know, daycare costs yeah. as much as elite private schools, right? Yeah. It's yeah. an insane We've cost. So crazy daycare costs. So just understanding how stressful that yeah. period is going to be, maybe that house suits you for the next six or seven years and then you upgrade. Yeah. And you upgrade to yeah. the house that you want to be in with the kids and the kids yep. are six years old and they only ever really remember the fancy house, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just worth thinking about, you know, yeah. is this is this a starter house for us? Is this mm. the house that's not going to be our forever home? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Manage the expectations. Yeah, yeah we, we were yeah. talking about that last night a lot as well. Just getting into a first mm. home and then it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. It's uh, so rare that your first home is your forever home. It almost, yeah. I don't think, yeah. it very, very rarely happens that you buy your very first property and you live there forever. And, that's yeah. it. <laughs> and when, when you move in, everyone will come around your house and say, oh, you could, you know, pull out this wall or you could do this or you could do that. <laughs> They're going to have a lot of renovation suggestions. I, know, I could I do that. that. <laughs> Just hold off on them for a little bit, build a new budget, work out that you're comfortable and then decide on the renovation right So It's tempting to try and get it all done before you have kids and that's the issue I see is where people are like suddenly really stressed yeah. um, and they have to go back to work too early or something like yeah. that and that's that's not a spot you, you want to enjoy be enjoy your time with family yeah, you want and to get, take some get time and lifestyle. you know yeah great advice Re- really great advice thank mm. you <laughs> um, thanks for having me on no mm. no it's been fun uh, but what, what's going on for the weekend yeah. <laughs> let's jump into that any any big plans I'm going axe throwing yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. You do that every weekend, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's regionals. Yeah. I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to go do the Forex Factory Tour. Nice. Oh, wow. It's be a wild weekend. <laughs> Have you ever been to Brisbane before? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just a tourist. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, I think you're doing something else, though, weren't you? you doing... I'm also going to go play mini golf. That's right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. This really is your first trip to Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. I've got family here from the States, so yeah, I'm trying yeah, to take okay. them out and do that all the Brisbane sense. things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what about you, Ben? We haven't, haven't asked you. Um, what, what kind of plans have you got for the weekend? So I'm off on holidays this week, and we're going to Queenstown. Oh. Hey. Oh, nice. Snowboarding. Nice. So I'm very, Snowboarding. very, very excited about that this. Awesome. It's been a few exciting. years. So, yeah. yeah. That sounds awesome. Is there, with um, Just because I don't travel as much, um, or I haven't for a little while, um, with, uh, with COVID and stuff, there's no restrictions or anything like that? Y- yeah, um, it's it's pretty flexible now. Yeah, okay. um, I did have to fill out a elaborate traveler's declaration <laughs> yeah. and I have mm. to be vaccinated, but yep. there's, there's no requirements for tests. Um, yeah, I think masks on the plane, so it's not it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. that's good to know. I'm, I'm happy to do whatever I need to do at this stage. Yeah. 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 To go do something yeah. fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. You've one up to axe throwing, yeah, big golf really and forex. No. <laughs> oh, you you on. Yeah. I'm going to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make that low. Um, really chill night tonight. I want to play a bit more of the quarry. I want to great game. <laughs> great game. Yeah, great game. I want to rewatch that State of Origin game. Yep. Because I was there, but I was what in game? pretty high seats. So I'd like to see the televised version also. What, great game. Great outcome yep. there. Yep. <laughs> um, playing some golf on Sunday. Just yeah, really chill weekend. Yeah. Yeah, cool. No Queenstown. No. Queenstown. no. <laughs> Um, I bet you can. Not, not really much. I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even close. Like I'm not even playing golf. <laughs> no, I'm uh, catching up with some friends from uh, Canberra that have flown in. Jared and Rana, welcome to Brisbane. Hey, hey. I know your flight was delayed. Qantas is really slow right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so apologies. It's getting Qantas. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to hear that three-hour delay. <laughs> but welcome. Oh, should be well. landing right now. <laughs> well, that sounds fun. Yeah, that no, should be good. Cool, cool. Mm. So, Ben, where can people find you? Yeah. Yeah, so best place is our website, www.bouncefinancial.com.au. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yep. Probably don't need the www. <laughs> uh, we, we're quite prevalent on Instagram, so, mm. you know, at Bounce Financial. Um, I'm also quite prevalent on uh, LinkedIn, so yeah, Ben cool. Brett. Yep. Um, we have our own podcast I'd love to plug. Yes, uh, yeah. Money what? Chats with Bounce Financial, okay. um, where we talk with uh, different experts in, in, about money. We talk about some of the things I talked about today, some mm. of the tips yeah. and tricks. Um, so check it out on uh, all good streaming platforms. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's probably the best places to get in touch with me. How, how many episodes did you have on your podcast? So, I think you've, so we've, you know, we finished season two. I think we have about 16. Uh, yeah, great. And we're currently in the process of planning season three. I, I quite brilliant. like the seasons, the season sort of thing. So, mm, um, I like that too. Yeah that's, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's great. A lot, a lot of the the shows are essentially questions we're getting from our clients, yep. um, and yep. the advice or the answers that we would give them. So mm-hmm. we try to be as practical as possible. So yeah, have a listen, see if there's anything perhaps that applies to your particular circumstance, or mm. have a listen to them all if you're super yeah. keen. And you record <laughs> you record money chats with your wife as well. That's correct. Right, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, cool. or we'll have guests on as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Perhaps there could be some familiar voices on there in the near oh, future. Yeah, I've already, I've already. It's work in progress yeah. here. And where are you located, Ben? So in we're located uh, in the old Emporium District in the mm. Fortitude Valley, um, but we have clients all over Australia. Most yep. of our work now is Zoom. Uh, people like our age bracket sort of prefer Zoom. So um, mm. yeah, feel free to reach out wherever you are. We're happy to help. Great, awesome, good stuff. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on, and th- this was a fun one. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please subscribe to our podcast to keep up with our latest releases and follow us on Instagram at Brisbane Broker Podcast. The Newstead Group's brokers are fully accredited and operate under Australian Credit Licence 389087. For our full disclaimer, please read our show notes below and we hope you'll tune in to our next episode.